We're back on Show Me Today. Deep fakes are artificially intelligent programs that can digitally alter your voice, comprising your identity or jeopardizing your reputation. A PhD student at Wash University has created Anti-Fake to combat this. Cameron Connor has more. Brief introduction of our work named Anti-Fake. So uh, Anti-Fake is actually motivated by the real world threat. So basically um, the attackers in the real world can um, collect one or even two pieces of your speech and use them for speech synthesis. Um, owing to the emerging generative AI technologies, the uh, synthesis results could be very, very convincing. And uh, the resulted speech samples can be used to um, conduct fraud or trick humans or to bypass voice-based authentication systems. Um, there have been numerous real-world cases uh, for this malicious use. For instance, we see attackers using Biden's voice to synthesize speech that declare war against Russia. And we also see um, the spread of misinformation uh, or hate speech. So we think it is a very important problem to solve. And um, to tackle this, uh, this problem, there has been a line of research that aims to detect such um, synthesized samples. Um, that is, give me a speech sample, I will try to distinguish whether it is uh, originating from a hu real human or it is a synthetic speech. Um, but Antifake is actually a more um, proactive approach. Um, basically what we do is to, we add subtle noises to the original samples. And um, as such, when the attacker used those processed samples for synthesis, um, the, syn uh, the synthesis result will not sound like the original speaker at all. So in this way, um, the synthesis results uh, will not be useful for the attacker any, any longer. So um, yeah, so that, that's basically the overview of the um, anti-fake work. Thank you for also giving examples of what deep fakes are and how, especially to a massive global level, how they can impact things and impersonate people. What about another example of a deep fake that you could potentially give at a more low scale level? How could this impact of how it might impact, let's say, you or me? OK, yeah, for sure. So besides the examples that, that I just gave you, uh, for example, the, um, using the voice of celebrity to spread misinformation or hate speech, um, for normal people, for example, um, I can use, uh, for example, if I'm the attacker, I can use your voice to synthesize speech and send it to your friends or parents or family and say, for example, I'll borrow some money to, to solve a problem. Um, that is also known as the financial fraud. Um, it is actually one of the most popular case, uh, use case for um, deepfake audio. So it's actually close related to our daily lives. And if you've just now tuned into this conversation, no worries. Just search Show Me Today wherever you get your podcasts. This is Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. I'm Cameron Connor. We're here with Zhuan Yu, a Ph.D. candidate at Washington University in St. Louis and associate professor Ning Zhang, speaking about a new state-of-the-art protection system against deep fakes. It's called Anti-Fake. Perfect. And one thing, especially while I was reading the news release presented by Washington University in St. Louis, was the accessibility to anti-fake at the moment to my to my understanding this is currently a free code that people can use is, is that a correct understanding yes uh yeah you are absolutely correct so we have already um, released our code um open source on the on the github 
and it is currently earning um, tens of stars, um, using by hundreds or thousands of people. And um, um, we also receive a lot of requests that um, um, need our help to run the code for them because it requires some kind of configuration for them. And uh, due to this reason, we also have some plans to release a um, more um, usable version, uh, for example, an app on your phone, such that you can download it on your phone and uh, just click on a button and all things are done. But that, that's, that's our future plan. It's not available yet. What are truly the next steps? Is it just focusing on an app for iOS and Android, for example, or are there other bigger steps that you're also looking for? Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a very very good question. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think the the small steps we we, we can take for now uh, is, for example, uh, the potential to develop uh, more usable um, solutions such as applications. But as for the bigger steps, I think we are still continue to work on this line of work. Um, for instance, um, as for speech, we can still strive to make the subtle noises more imperceptible and we can make the protection more robust and sustainable in the future, right? And um, we also aim to extend our protection to other domains, for example, the songs and music, right? Because we, we can see people um, or artists um, or singers are still suffer from the uh, similar risks. Um, for example, um, they will find people copying their voice to generate songs and uh, use it for commercial uses. So we we have we have future plans to extend our protection towards other domains. Professor Zhang, do you have something to add? Just just to give a little bit um, uh, about the future plan from my perspective. If you think about DeFi, DeFi are products from generative AI that's hard to tell uh, for human whether it's generated by AI or not. Right? Those those we call DeFi's and DeFi there are good DeFi's and bad DeFi's. Um, I'll just give you two examples. I think that sort of related to the question you just asked. Um, in the good deep face, it was used to help uh, paralyzed women to regain her voice. So there, there will be a lot of good use of generative AIs. Um, but on the other hand, there, this is also a real use case. There was a couple, a senior couple in Canada, I'm not sure if it's Toronto or not, but um, they basically just got a scam call that sounds exactly like their grandson. And it was generated using this type of generative AI technologies. And you mentioned about accessibility to our two. And part of and the accessibility to generative AI is also changing. Like it's improving by the second. So as a defender, we need to make sure that all the defense tools are available to the general public. And if you think about defense, nothing is bulletproof. So not only do we need to work on, you know, making the generation much harder, making the unauthorized generation much harder, but also how to prevent them, but how, also how to detect them. For anyone out here that might be listening to this right now, and they think that anti-fake could be a service that, that could be very valuable to them at this moment, where exactly do they go to get access to this? Is it, is it just simply going onto a web browser and finding it? Do you actually have to download it? Where do you get it? Uh, it's currently on, on our website. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't really scaled up the production yet, so you have to download our source code and running it over. Uh, but if you do find it super important and, and want the protection, you can email us and we can um, try to accommodate all the requests. 
for what anti-fake is, and it's you know very proactive and ahead of what so many other th- softwares are trying to do, for every time that a lot of the, and this is just with lots of things, for any time that a service like anti-fake gets a step ahead, someone out there, whether it's AI generators, someone's also going to try to counter that with another deep fake that might go ahead. How would you guys approach that for this kind of step process to stay ahead? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, uh, security in, in a whole is uh, almost like an arm race between attacker and defender, right? Um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make it really hard for the attacker to do this, such that it becomes less profitable for them to do it. And, and so that we can, you know, at least raise the bar to reduce the harm to society. I think there will be new technologies, but the same philosophy from our science research would still apply. But it also highlights the need to further the science a little bit, right? To figure about how to fundamentally change the playing field such that it benefits the defender a lot more. Our initial thought for starting Antifake and also the launching the future directions along this direction is that the generative AI is actually benefiting our society from various aspects but it also um, raises some security risks. Um, This is especially important since generative AI is very capable nowadays. Um, One of our previous work also investigated the potential of uh, intellectual property infringement in code generation models. So um, people are seeing those problems occurring in the real world and those are closely related to us. So I think it's very important for us to continue to work on um, investigating the security implications, privacy problems, or even IP issues associated with uh, generative AI. So um, our group will still um, will, will, will continue to work on these directions and uh, hopefully um, we will be open to uh, other collaborations to um, take a step further as well. Yeah, from my perspective, I, I think there are two things that we need to do. One aspect is engineering, right? How do we get this to to everyone? And that is, you know, how to transition from science to a technology to for everyone. Uh, the other end is science, right? How do we push the science further so that it, you know, fundamentally make it harder for the attacker to synthesize unauthorized, you know, either image or audio or video. Well, Juwan, Professor Zhang, to both of you, thank you once again for joining us on Show Me Today, The Voice Missouri. This is congratulations with the steps. I give you the best of luck and congratulations for the rest of the way. And hopefully with any new developments that come out in the future, we'd love to have you back on to talk about it. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much.